Hello and welcome to Leash Dads Podcast. We are two Leash Dads, but tonight we're three Leash Dads that get together to discuss our everyday responsibilities while chained to our just, parental responsibilities. Did you just say that three kind of went off the rails dads? there? Huh? Did you just say three? Kinda. I think this is the first time we had a, another dad on the episode. Yeah, you're right. Holy crap. Tonight we got three. It's a trio. The three musketeers. Let's go. All for one. <laughs> all for one and one for all. Yeah. All for one, one for all. I love that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sean. Uh, Sean, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sean. <laughs> um, I'm a dad. I like that intro. It's a great intro. We should, that's that's our intro from now on. Hi, I'm Justin. Hi, I'm Jared. We're dads. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's change it. Let's do it. Leashed, unleashed. Unleashed for an unleashed. hour. Here we go. Oh, God. We're already off the train. Yeah, it's going to be one of those nights. Uh, but first, how was your week, JJ? Oh my god. Um, hey guys, guess what? I finally started my new career path. Nice. Yes. What was Mr. your Dental previous assistant. what was your I was gonna say, what was your previous career path? I was an inside sales representative. Um I was doing sales for uh for those of you who don't know, as Sean and others. I was inside sales for about eight years. Um and it just kind of became a bore for me. I needed a definitely needed a career path change, and I finally took those steps. Um, as maybe you've referenced uh, past episodes too, you hear me talk about taking those steps to make change for yourself. Um, I did take those steps, and I was finally I landed the job, but I had to put it on hold for a little bit because of me being a pushover a little bit, and then I would have actually had the possibility of putting it on hold because jury duty being summoned to go to court uh fun <laughs> yeah great i would have i would have had to put it out till the end of october here but thankfully i did not because i got a text last week friday saying hey by the way the rest of the month is canceled you don't have to go oh good yeah <laughs> so nice. nice yeah even even my employer was happy <laughs> if you don't mind me asking what uh industry for sales um so it was kind of all over the place uh, i was Started off with dental, which is why I actually decided to pursue dental um, as a dental assistant here, because okay. I actually did enjoy doing dental sales. Yeah. Um, but then I had transitioned over to more, not so much of a sales side of things, but still as an inside representative role. It was um, a grant. Co- I worked for a grant company uh, taking okay. uh, like. Edu- or like universities or other places that provided educational uh, continuing education uh, resources and such or programs. Uh, and we would, we possibly could provide them grants depending on what they were looking for and if we had the money for it. And then I jumped ship that way and moved into another like lead type of gen uh, or lead gen type of position, uh, trying to get people to use our merchant services uh aka credit card services <laughs> and then from there i went into another company um where i started doing car rental 
trying to get them to make sure they're all on. It was more like a full account management at this point, making sure they have our services or they know what the rewards are. Uh, Avis Budget, if you're familiar with them, national company. Yeah. Um, and then I jumped over to another company called Juice Bar, uh, electric electric vehicle company. Um, okay. Is so it electric bar? charger, sorry. Oh. They're an electric uh, char- vehicle charging company where they. It definitely sounds like it. a smoothie company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got so instantly. I was it like, does, that sounds, that sounds great. Like yeah, Julie, it's, it's Julian it's Juice or whatever. Company, sign me up, please. I'll sell smoothies <laughs> all day long. Why not? Um, no, it was, it's, it's a, it was a great, um, great thing. They had, they pulled their, they decided to pull out of their contract due to reasons. It'd be like the Bob's um, burgers and smoothies. <laughs> like, <laughs> there we go. If if they if you know if they ever actually came back or wanted to come back into a place and if I was still in sales, I'd probably jump on that again. Because that was actually fun trying to get that trying to sell people charging stations for like hotels or um wherever they may go. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, because the wave of the future is electric vehicles. So, you know, people are still kind of one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Um, And then I went to another company called. um, Well, I I still worked for the same company, but I moved to another client called Kuninagel International. Yeah. Okay. sure. Yep. Yep. And then from there, it sounds like, you know, a lot about these companies. Maybe some of these companies are logistics. Up. I used to, that used to be my most, my biggest expertise is like working for a lot of third, third party logistics. So Kuninago oh, okay. was some of them. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly like Walmart. It. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Walmart. So, Walmart. Everybody loves Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So then after that, um, I got an opportunity to be part of a new program. Uh, called Kaleo. That's a pharmaceutical company that uh, produces or creates an epinephrine auto injector called AviQ, which stands for audiovisual Q. Okay. Basically, tells you inst- it's an instructional thing. Um, actually, hold on. This is one of their trainers. Okay. Looks so like a pack it, of cigarettes. I thank you. <laughs> sadly, it, sadly, it does. Um, but Wow. You know, I could I could run through a presentation and this thing talks to you, tells you when or how long or what to do in the emergency. Now, granted, this is a trainer, so it's not gonna base you know, don't actually use it in the real emergency, but it's basically does the same thing. Hold you know, pull it. This trainer oh. no needle or drug and so. training Got it. Yeah. Cool. It'll lead you through that. So they are not sponsors, by the way, folks. They're no, not sponsors. By right? any means, are we? We're not sponsored by any of the companies I worked for. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that was the uh, pr- uh, most recent company that I worked for, or client that I worked for within the comp- uh, my company. Um, before I hopped ship uh, yet again uh, to a dental assistant position at Dental Associates. Maybe I can try to get them to sponsor this. I would have to go up the chain them, quite a sure. bit, though. I'd have to go up the chain quite a bit before we do that. So, but yeah, that's me. I'm actually happy to do that. I actually also got uh, my honey do list or most of it done. I think this Friday, this upcoming Friday or after this episode is recorded, I will have um, raked my leaves, which is like the last thing on my honey do list. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank yes, you for sharing. Yes. It's a little bit about my week right there, a little long, but hey, it works. I'm glad I can share my, um, more or less my sales side of things there for you. So yeah, no, thank you. It's also a little bit about my career path. So yeah, congratulations. Jared. <laughs> thank you. Jared, you're up. Share uh, your day. I was, I was down and out for a few days dealing with a nasty soul sucking cold. Uh, it was, it, I was, yeah, Gross. I was down for the count definitely for like three or four days. I'm sorry. Uh, you said soul sucking. Yeah. Soul sucking. <laughs> so how much of a soul cold. do you have? Yep. Oh, hey, what 37. No. <laughs> Dementor cult. <laughs> you couldn't Dementor cast your spell to protect yourself, huh? Uh, Mr. Rupert oh Grint, you know, over here. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I can't be Rupert Grint anymore, guys. You don't have, oh, yeah, haircut and <laughs> no glasses tonight. Yep. Yep. Yep, All exactly. right. Well, uh, while we while I was sick, uh, my wife and I watched both Quiet Place movies. And I am a fan, honestly. I thought they were going to be terrible, but they were really good. Never so, heard of them. Yeah. Um, what were they calling really? it? The, a Quiet Place? Yeah. He's mm-hmm. too loud for this place. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's super well done. Uh, post-apocalyptic uh, movie uh, with uh, Emily Blunt, John, Krasin- John Krasinski, and... Uh, there's like a few other small names, but uh, very like if you have an anxiety, it just brings it out in the movie. So it was, it was oh. crazy. But um, yeah, that was my so you like I just it, got huh? nice. Yeah, I just got better today. So he just got better so he could do this episode. Tomorrow he's going to be worse yeah. again. My white blood cells just said, we got a podcast to create. We're just dope. <laughs> Best episode ever. Uh, Are you feeling better today? What the... Huh? Are you feeling better today at least? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm he better tries. today. That's good. My week? Hmm. Um, it's been pretty good. Just been trying to focus on the ideas with coaching and my website. So, um, JJ, I don't know. You, you probably don't know. I don't know how much Jared shared, but, um, I have my own website. I do a lot of art, my own art. You mentioned sales. That's been my weak point with my running my own business. Um, Mm. coming into the new entrepreneurship of, you know, I just started my LLC. I got it originated uh, on December. Um, And like, I'm new to this sort of ball game with sales, marketing online. Um, I got hit with a lot of scammers and I got hit with, um, somebody that stole five pieces of my art. So yeah. And it was going to be like this huge transaction. It would have been like over $17,000 I would have made off of that sale. And, uh, I cried (laughs) when I I found out, you know, so yeah, it it sucked. $17,000 gone out the window. Because I would have uh, just completely transformed my situation, man, with me and my kids, the child support, all this other stuff. So um, so since then, I've been trying to just recoup, try to stay optimistic through the bull, and then um, just keep chugging along. So today I watched Star Trek Discovery. I don't know if you guys like Star Trek, but it's a good, I've been it's trying. A good, I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery yet. Uh, it's a lot darker than the rest of the series, like... Just like everything else, post-apocalyptic, just flashy yeah. death. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, I'll check just, that out. 
yeah oh, discover oh it's discovery that like, there's a lot it's it's like dead space almost i'm like it, it's that dark oh damn yeah dead space dark nicole's dead guys spoiler yeah dead space star trek it's not that great <laughs> it's not that graphic but there's some parts it's like holy shit yeah um it's not a video game at that point <laughs> yeah that's just movies anymore it's just like, turning to game engines um, <laughs> i love it so no that's you know it's unfortunate i appreciate you sharing a little bit about uh being an entrepreneur i know that's kind of a hard thing um you can definitely help jared out decide if he wants to make his because i know you also are from the coaching side of things and he's, yeah trying jared's to start that up making, jared's looking at making his like an llc or something so you've got a little bit of ha- your hands in the llc cookie pot already with your entrepreneur yeah yeah for the art side not the coaching side um so yeah i'm still trying to explore that how i would go about that um and then that that's a completely different background too because i i want i like you said that you went through a career shift my big shift was i was mostly into it pseudo it so it was warehouse management systems and that's why i was i know a lot about, about logistics um it just started from the like an operator floor loading trucks moved my way around cross training in the warehouse and then I just right. got really damn good at this niche about um, these systems. And I would be the mm-hmm. go-to guy about that. So I found out that a lot of businesses, they struggle with training. And I would be the trainer. So, <laughs> and there um, you go. If you can just, do something like that, that's why not, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's just not what it's all meant to be. It's corporate, nine to five. It served its purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very A lot of learning skills, like tons, tons. So. It's just like all those Amazon commercials I see or ads that I see. I was this for, you know, this is how I moved up. Training. Great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Isn't that how everybody moves sick, up? Uh... They get the right training. Training. Yeah. <laughs> it's all training. Just the right support. Yeah. The right support. So, um, <laughs> I love it. No, thank you very much for sharing your week as well here. Yeah. Um, you know, Next, we do have on the docket of proud moments, uh, proud daddy moments. Uh, it's like the segment we like to call it, uh, but it can be any proud moments because we want to encourage people to share their moments here. Uh, it doesn't have to be necessarily a father, um, but it could be like an uncle, whatever, uh, what they're most proud of for the week. Um, so I'll, I'll start uh, with myself returning to uh, an office position where they're working from home. I've had to really work on trying to make sure all the kids are sleeping. Um, my nine-month-old Eleonora here uh, has been struggling to sleep uh, throughout the night, but recently she did really good and slept through a great portion of the night, maybe woke up once. Um, if she does wake up, though, here, it's probably just a small whine and right back to bed. So it's like a I tossed and turned and now I'm crying and now I'm going back to bed guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. But most of the time it'll be like, I think the other night she had uh, basically cried uh, quite a bit. I'm like, okay, well maybe she'll go, maybe she'll fall asleep. Nah, it didn't happen. She woke up and crying, uh, tried to feed her and it just took her a little bit to go back to sleep. So yeah, that's my, that's kind of my proud moment right there is that she's finally, working on sleeping through the night in her crib in her own room. Oh, baby, I baby, hope that baby. that sticks, buddy. Yeah. I hope it I hope it sticks for you. Fun times. Well, sometimes it sometimes it does. I think it sticks more when uh it's only dad in the house. 
where she gets that Whoa. scent of mother. It's like, oh, it's time for the boob and the comfort toy. <laughs> okay, that's very bad. I'm sorry. The boob is not the a boob. comfort toy, but it is a boob and it is comfort to her. It's a soothing mechanism. Yeah, I was going to say children. soothing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, a soothing. soothing mechanism. That's better than a comfort toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew what you. We knew what you meant. Okay. It's a, yeah. it's, it's a chew toy. Well, <laughs> uh, no, that's a, you, you chew on it, you're done. Yeah. So, I, some women. Some women say it really hurts, so that's why they don't do it. Uh-huh. I feel awful for them. Yeah. yeah so not, not to not to make light of it, but uh, I remember <laughs> one of my children had gotten teeth and bit and drew blood, so that was the end. Ouch. Of that. Yep. Haven't had that yet. Does she have but, teeth? Yes. Yes. She's got her two uh, bottom incis- incisors in the front here. Oh, yeah. And then she's got one the other one coming up here. Yeah, she's got. Oh God, let me think of the letters. Uh, no, 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 no. It's like she's working on. Not nah, nobody cares about the letters. <laughs> I mean, that's how you refer to him as when you're in the dental office, like a oh. pedodontist. With oh, like, that yeah, yeah. With the baby teeth, it's all alphabet, and with the adult teeth or permanent teeth, it's all numbers. So starting in the back right, it starts at like your third molar or your um, wisdom tooth. It'd be like number one, and you have huh. technically. I never, adult, I never, I never realized that. As an adult, you have thirty-two teeth, so you go from one to sixteen. And then you drop down to 17 and then go to 32. Hmm. Now, if you've had your wisdom teeth removed, you would only have 28. These dental anecdotes are going to just ramp up from now on. Yes, actually, they probably will. (laughs) Oh, by the way, if you must know, I am the only male dental assistant on my team. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. Nothing wrong with that at all. Mm -mm. Just throwing it out there. It's, but you can also see where the demo, you know, where the demographic or the want of being an assistant is at, right? You may see mm-hmm. more male nurses in a hospital setting, but as like a dental assistant or a different type Didn't of used medical to. setting, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember I'm trying when... to make that. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm trying to make that uh, role, you know, equalize the role a little bit here it doesn't have to be women only in a dental assistant position anymore because definitely changing i was gonna say i was when i was going for my cna license back when i was thinking about doing that um i was studying to go to do an x-ray tech um and then i went to try to go cna and same thing like it's just dominated and To my surprise, like there's a there's a lot of women that if you're they're your patients, they don't want a male nurse or things yeah. like that. So you just respect that, <laughs> you know, don't yep. take offense to it. Yeah, we'll see how it, we'll see how it turns out when I actually start getting into uh, patients mouths. I'm sure they won't care Yeah, um, because I'm as an, a dental assistant, I'm actually my type of role here as a dental assistant. I work I, I work for an orthodontist. So I am actually getting in the mouths of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a typical dental assistant would be sitting chair side with the doctor doing, uh, handing them like scalpels or the tools 
uh, when he's doing like the restorative work or when they're doing the restorative work. I can't say he because there are also females out there as well that are dentists. So uh, shame on me. Um, but as a dental assistant, they, you know, they would have in a general practice or um, other specialties such as endodontics or when they're doing root canals, uh, prostodontic offices, for example, they probably have that assistant that sits right behind them or right next to them and hands them the tools or the items they need to continue that process versus myself as an orthodontic dental assistant i will be removing the brackets or removing the little chains that go on the uh, braces oh okay provide you the color so yes don't worry you guys will have more stories later on too (laughs) when i when i'm actually finally in my hands are deep in a mouth, um, but <laughs> so I mean that's that's an even another proud moment right there is the fact that I can finally share different stories. Hi, child. Um, there's a child behind me. There is a child. Hi, child. There's a, that's not the child I was expecting. Hello, child. Oh, all right, Jared. All right, while I take care of this child here, yeah. I, you and Sean can uh, tell us more about your proud moments. Sure, sure. Um, so kids are starting to appreciate a clean room. Uh, it's been a bit of a struggle to get them to clean their room. Uh, as you may or may not know, they are five and three. So the concept really isn't quite there. The five-year-old gets it, but the three-year-old really doesn't care. Uh, and actively decides to not clean her room regardless of the consequences. Like she's a, de- she's a Taurus, she's defiant. So whatever you just, you can't force like, we, and we tell the elder daughter, my eldest daughter, you can't force somebody to do something. If she doesn't want to do it, she has to just live with the consequences and be done. You know, we, you can't make her do something. So, but, uh, over the past weekend, uh, there was a bit of a, a snafu. Uh, I had threatened to take the toys away just for like a day or two because they didn't, they like flat out refused to put the toys away and they were fighting and screaming. But apparently that wasn't a good idea because uh, they were hmm. wildly upset. So uh, <laughs> I just kind of lightly helped them. Uh, and then from that night on, they've been cleaning their room themselves, not making a huge mess. So they, you know, have enough motivation to do it themselves instead of uh needing a parent's help and then they always comment wow this room looks really clean i can run around and i can do all this stuff and i can do somersaults and this is really nice yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) it's nice finally jeez right (laughs) (laughs) yeah let them connect the dots of why this is why this is important (laughs) right right that's super cool get that breakthrough (laughs) yep so, Sean, you got any proud moments? Proud moments. So, for the week, you said, right? Um, yeah, it can be week, month, whatever. Um, proud moments. Yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it to the week. Um, I'm kind of like Snoop Dogg with it. I'm like, I, I like to thank me for being me <laughs> lately anymore because, like, like there's so much. We, I mean, you guys probably already know. There's so much shame going on, and like, you shouldn't be proud of who you are. You shouldn't be proud. Right. To, you know, all this other stuff. And so it's, it's, it's one, an act of rebellion a little bit to go against the grain and say, oh my God, I'm going to love myself a little bit today. I'm going to give myself permission. Right. So, um, 
like like I've been busting my ass off on excuse me my language um but I've been busting my butt off on um doing like a lot of self self work you know as you already know um and so it's just one of those days where I just had a, like a calling just yesterday to you know what you've been putting so much focus and fixation onto yourself just have fun let go a little bit so I spent yesterday just chill and playing some video games that i haven't played in a while so i played some gta you know um yeah you're gone goodbye so. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good it was a good time so i'm proud i'm proud of my my ability to just take you know take a step back a little bit not have to be so work 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 you know yeah yeah uh i can i can definitely relate to that uh you need time for yourself to do what you need to do to to just chill. You know, chill. Yeah. Let the mind the, just stop and just chill. It does wonders. You just show up as a better person overall. <laughs> like you yeah. know, like like for me, if I don't get that space, I'm an asshole, and I don't want to be that to everywhere I go. I don't want to be that to my kids. I don't want to, you know show up in that sort of capacity and just let them say, Hey, this is okay to be this way all the time, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's rough. I mean, I know the feeling I see, I feel sometimes like I am an asshole to my kids, uh, being trapped inside all day. was just kind of a bear. Um, it's the pressure it's pressure, but also it's like, how often do I feel like I'm escaping? As you mentioned before, oh, being able yeah. to escape, getting time to yourself, like being able to play those video games, when you're at home 24-7, basically, even though your kids are at school or whatever, you're still stuck. I'm still stuck at home, and I never got a chance to get out so, or be able to get, like, some sort of escape from my the house, which became my reality at that point. Yeah, yeah. So when I do get a chance to get out, like, go take my son or one of my children to their, like, practice or whatever so my eldest is in wrestling um same and then my six-year-old we put into tumbling or gymnastics a little bit um because he's been i don't know doing just random stuff like trying to do cartwheels and whatnot so we're like yeah this might just be good for you as well um but it, that's one of those things it's like an escape for me at that point which isn't bad but yeah you don't twitch uh, anymore what you don't do twitch anymore i haven't had the chance no i haven't had the chance with uh such little children hi babies yeah, true <laughs> yeah you really did stop after eleanor was born oh kind of what hard a when, cutie uh, oh my gosh take care of everything too yes everybody we got another guest on the show tonight <laughs> uh, <our> returning <laughs> guest the baby eleanora She's so adorable. Thank you. <laughs> Only nine months, so wow. She'll be ten months here in two just, days, actually. Just, no, just the eyes. <laughs> yeah, so. that's the I, problem. I miss them when they were that young. Mine, mine are teens now. So, <laughs> damn. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's it's cool. Yeah. So, speak speaking of which, um, you know talking children here uh this might be a little darker or deeper of an emotional type episode here uh as i think jared mentioned briefly talking i don't even know anymore um but with you being on the show here tonight sean we wanted to talk about kind of 
dads being, you know, in the picture or not being in the picture. Hmm. Um, Cause Jared did kind of give me a rundown there. Yeah. So yeah, Jared, take it away. It's all you, man. Yeah. So really I wanted to focus our topic tonight on uh, remote fathers, but not by choice. Uh, I know there are a lot of dads out there, uh, and I, I've even known a few in my own personal life that, you know, they ran into a situation with their, the mother of their child and the mother of their child would not listen or agree to terms of, you know, visitation or even custody. And I really would like the side of to hear from a dad in that situation. Uh, I, I know Justin has spoken about it once or twice in the past. Uh, I don't remember how much detail he gave. Uh, but again, gentlemen, if, if you'd like to elaborate uh, for, for, for the next half an hour on, you know, share what you want. Uh, obviously, don't use any personal names. Uh, you know, this is going on YouTube, so don't use, you know, I, I want you guys to be safe. Like, I don't want anything blowing up for what you say uh, during this next section of the show. Sure. Uh, so let's be, let's start. This sounds a little bit weird, but as a young adult, a teenager, in your future, did you see yourself having children? Yeah. I knew by the time I was 13. Yeah, um, just, uh, <laughs> I didn't so, think about that one at 13. Yeah. So... Some people might, I've, I've heard different stories behind that. I've, I've, I've had to think about that. So like, I didn't have, a, I didn't have my father in my life. I had a father figure, um, who was in the form of my grandfather. My, I didn't learn until like after 13 teenagers that my got that my father was kept from me. Um, but the way that it was approached and how I got introduced back into his life um and we met each other it my mom just withheld a lot of information and then when it was interesting when my, my dad first met um i started talking to my dad he was afraid that i was going to kick his butt <laughs> um and he just that was his perception and i i didn't know what he was thinking and i just didn't know like i didn't know who this man was i just didn't know if he wanted me right like just one of those things yeah. you just hear just fathers disappear right mm-hmm. um so i learned that there was there was a lot of reasons be, be in my own history in my family without trauma dumping that kept him from showing up um so having learned that it caused a deep deep resentment for and contempt for my own family my mom you know because my mom was somebody i used to look up to a lot but some people would say that that absenteeism of the father and stuff like that might be a play into why you want to be a father right because you want to be the thing that your parents weren't a lot (laughs) um or you want to show it like for me i know that i want to give to my kids a better life than i grew up with right that seems to be the common thing for a lot of parents that's what it's about right so when I met the mother of the children, um, she was, she was fantastic. Let's be real. Like I, there's a reason why we got together. We had children. Um, but over time we both had stuff about us that just was not right. That just trauma bonding. There was a lot of codependency and this stuff was not talked about until I got into my thirties, early 32. Um, but before all that, between then, because of the trauma that I went through, 
I was medically gaslit as bipolar too. I was medicated. I had all this other stuff. Um, and I was dealing a lot, dealing with a lot of stuff that I went through like sexual assault and stuff like that. I didn't, I couldn't talk about this stuff, especially with men, especially with certain toxic masculinity. You can't share these things, um, without being more shamed or more demasculated or just, you shouldn't exist as a person. Right. Um, or all these kind of things, right. Surrounding shame. And then the same thing conversely with like legal things or women, all this other stuff. So with all this divide, you, you, you're trying to find how to be a proud father of your kids surviving in all the wreckage in that sort of way and sort of this identity crisis. That's what we're having a lot in America, right? So for me, it's like, okay, how do I stay true to my identity while I was trying to show up for this stuff? And when I met the mother of my children, um, I ended up learning, like I, I, she got diagnosed with bipolar. We were never married, but on, long story short, we were uh, together for over 11 years on and off and did the best I could to go to therapy, work things out. And then I got to a point when I was 32 after my parents, both my parents were passed away by this point. Um, my boys were eight and nine years old by this point. And she's four years younger than me. So not, not that much younger than me. Yeah. And and she had lost her mom too. So she was she was stuck in a lot of wow. grief and depression too. Yeah. So this was all happening wow. like simultaneously. Yeah. So her her mom passed away around early 40s uh through lung cancer. And oh. my 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 dad passed away from pulmonary fibrosis. He died on the operation in the in the middle of the operation. Um Sorry. and so we were all there and then my mom passed away a couple years after that from her, her uh, cancer and things like that. So oh, I'm sorry, Sean, that, that sucks. Yeah, no, it's okay, man. It's okay. Cause you, you, it makes you who you are. You grow from it at first. Yep. It sucked because it was oh, the dark night of the soul. Right. And I just, because of that codependency and the, that previous trauma and stuff, a lot of people in that position get to the point where they're so conditioned, where they feel like that they don't deserve better. Like what you get and where you're at in life, that's all you're going to get. That's what you should stick with. That's what you know. That's the comfort zone, right? Um, so I had kept running into this, bashing into the wall with this person. Anytime I tried to work it out, it, things, it seemed like things would go great. Things would pull back. Things would go great. Things would pull back. And then when I went to therapy, dealing with the grief of what I lost, I found out I got diagnosed with PTSD, CPTSD. That's the first time they talked about trauma, right? So I didn't know about any of this crap. Um, then as we started unpeeling that onion, they started talking about narcissistic abuse, which explained everything that I went through in my life and explained everything that I was going through in my relationship with the mother. Um, and it was for lack of a better word, horrifying to me. It was, uh, yeah. it was immediately, immediately when I found out that this person was basically on in for the long con that. I had no idea that this was the person that I was with anymore. Like it just, that mask immediately fell off and I was like, okay, how do I get that out? Right. Um, and so for me, there's a lot of people that didn't believe me when I kept trying to tell people, Hey, this person is doing all this stuff behind my back. And of course there was a lot of stuff in me to co-create in that space that I wasn't dealing with. Yeah. So, and so because of the PTSD, again, it's, I've talked to more people after I've found all this out that it's very common, even if people will come back from war 
with PTSD that sometimes they get married. They'll wake up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden they're beating the hell out of their wife. But it's a PTSD episode. It's not something that they're doing. It's not, it's not something that they mean to do. It's just this ingrained compulsion, right? And I found out that that's what's, what was happening with me. Like I kept getting these rage moments where something would happen and it could be something insignificant with the kids. And I would just zero to 60 freak out. And I had a hard time reeling that anger in for a long, long time. And like my early years between my 222 to 26 was the big, the bigger issues where they went really bad through this shit. Right. So the kids, unfortunately they're the victims through all of this. That's all, that's all there is to it. And that I knew in me that there was an inner thing with me in my insight and my remorse that I was like, I got to do something. I don't. Otherwise, I don't want to live because like, you know, I don't want my the kids to be doing going through this with the same thing that I went through. Right. And I was bringing that. So I worked with therapy, worked with all this stuff, and they helped me build the safety plan, form better boundaries, work through certain levels of trauma. But they can only go so far because it's talk therapy. Um, yeah. So like I had to explore different things like yoga and um, that's where I started finding true, true healing, honestly, was actually sitting with my body, learning how to discharge certain emotions, um, sitting in spaces, talking about it with like all kinds of different people, women, all, you know, it didn't matter, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, like safe spaces, essentially. Safe space. Yeah. yeah. So that's the key. Like I started exposing myself in that sort of exposure therapy to more safe spaces and trying to work through that anxiety or that ingrained fear response wherever I went, because I would just, I can be just chilling in my room. Nobody's saying anything to me. And, but my mind and my body is just programmed. Like I'm constantly afraid in my own room. Why is this? Right. And I suffered for like three straight months where I couldn't operate and I had to take off of work because of it. Um, so yeah, it was nasty. It was it, like, I could not, it was like, it was crazy too, because like, I felt like I was on top of the world with like taking care of like problems, taking care of my mom, taking care of like when everything was happening, I was like, boom, 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 boom. Yep. 32 happened. Something snapped in me. It was like, boom, you, you, you need to slow down. You need to settle down. You need to listen to life right now (laughs) like so like you know and i was like oh shit so then after after i decided to go follow through with the safety plan um the mother and my children at this time we had agreed before i left that no matter what would happen like we would try to figure out negotiation to mediate whatever to try to co-parent that was a big lie like i as soon as i left it just got worse. She filed for child support. She just just did, nailed all the stuff, and I don't I don't mind paying child support. That's not an issue, but right. the the but the kind of time that I've I've tried to work with her so much about certain issues to co-parent to say, hey, I got this. I'm willing to take care of this. Can you help me with this? She'd just be so resistant with helping. It'd be completely one sided. Then it'd be like these times where I try to schedule time with my kids. And I try to show up and she just purposely like drive them two hours away. So I have to go two hours to go get them just because she's being petty. Right. Oh, or just, on. or just take away my weekend without telling me she'd be like, Hey, you got, is this, um, she would go like early in the week, tell me that it's my weekend. And then I'd go to the end of the weekend being super stoked out because I'm ready to see my kids. Right. And then all of a sudden the weekend shows up. Oh, by the way, um, something came up and I'm taking them to so-and-so's house. And I'm like, can't you just play plan that on the weekend? That's yours. 
right? Can't you just do that? No, has to be on my weekend with him. Oh, okay. And then she goes around and tells everybody that, oh, he's a deadbeat dad. He's abandoning his kids. He's neglecting me, blah, blah, blah. And now to this day, the kids are so tired of it. They've been dealing with it for, you know, I've been, I left her about six years ago. I try to work with the schools to say, this is what's happening with the, with, at the house. They, my youngest, my, my youngest son had an incident with school where he had some sort of panic where he was telling kids to, that to die. And I had to work with the school because he got to serve the detention, right? And I'm like, yeah, let's do something about this because I don't want him to do this with other kids. I care about other kids, right? Yeah. And and they recommended me to put him into therapy. Well, I don't have custody. I'm not in the same county as them. And when he was in therapy, when I was taking him, they kicked him out of the program because he, he lives in a new county. So they told him that he has to go to a different county. So then guess who's in charge of that, though? She is. She has all the insurance. And she's been known this. But when I told the school this, they tell me, stop dis- making disparaging comments about, your, about, about their mother. Stop doing this stuff. I'm like, guys, you guys are mandated reporters. Right. This is supposed to be something that you're documenting. Like my youngest son, he was an IEP program. And, he, and they, they end up taking him out of IEP. And I'm like, guys, you just told me that he needed therapy. I can't get him therapy. She's not willing to take him. You, I'm trying to do what you guys said. Why don't you do your effing job? When I told the principal to do his effing job, you know what he did? He threatened me with a lawyer, the superintendent, and the police department. Oh, Jesus. I reported that to the, to the state of Illinois. Nothing happened. I've been going to talk therapy to talk about this stuff to different social workers and stuff. They're basically like, you got to get a lawyer. I don't have $2,500 for a lawyer. Retainer. You know, like, hell just, no, of course not. Like, so, like, you basically just legally kidnapped my kids from me. You guys told right. me that you you didn't want me. Like, I remember this this too. Like, one time, like, she was like on some really nasty, like, mental health stuff. I had to get the kids removed briefly. Took them with me. She calls the police because I don't have custody. They told me that they have to take the kids away from me because that would be kidnapping. I was like, I signed paternity. They said that that doesn't matter. That's a, something and, seems weird with that. So that that's like the state of Illinois, though, right? That's Illinois. That was Illinois. Yeah. That that's happened to me. And again, a lot of people that I talk to, or like people that are like friends from classmates and stuff from years and stuff, I try to post this for years, they, and then they act like they're your friends, but then they don't do anything, right? And then mm-hmm. it just leaves you stuck in the shit. And then now that I've said that I'm like in this grief where I lost, I'm like not as close to my kids. Like I talked to them. The last time I talked to my youngest son was last year for his round. Well, no, excuse me. Excuse me. That's not true. Um, Had like the last time I had like a really good time seeing him um, was my oldest son's birthday, which was March in early March. Um, That's the last time I saw the both of them. And since then they they haven't like the youngest said that he didn't want to talk to me because i tried to reach out to him for his birthday in may for cinco de mayo um and i said like they never still gave me a reason i still try to work through these things i'm like hey when you're ready to talk i'm here i love you 
I'm proud for I'm 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 proud for you. Just let me know, you know. I still say those things every now and then. I'll still leave my oldest son like a message on PS4 just to say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you when you're ready," right? Good. Just to make just yeah. to make some contact to say, "Hey, when you're ready to feel like that you want to give a damn about me." Come on, right? Um but you want to know the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I said too. When you're ready for the truth, right? Um but until then, you know, because of all that trauma and that that uh, abuse and the domestic violence that went between us, I'm so big on boundaries now that they're teens, right? And I'm like, hey, you tell me what you want. Oh, you don't want to talk to dad? You right. got it, buddy. You got it, buddy. You tell yeah. me what you need. You got it, right? I don't force it anymore. I don't try to do the helicopter parent thing like I used to do. I don't, I don't try to do that shit um, because I knew that that was just pushing them further away. Um, and so now... They are, you know, to this to this day, I don't know exactly how they're doing. I don't. I just know that every day I write and I dedicate to praying to God that they're okay and that there's angels watching over them when I, I'm not able to be there present, right? So, you know, I just know that they have great friendships right now, which is I'm really grateful for. Um, you mentioned that you're, I think one of your eldest was in wrestling, right, JJ? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that same thing with my oldest. He's in wrestling. My youngest was on track. Um, but yeah, they got they're, they're they're dedicated. So it's cool that they found something in a group of friends and support. That's what I was worried about because the alternative when I left was that I take them with me and I, we go couch surfing. I didn't have the means to want to do that. I didn't want to do that to them, and I gave and we literally. Created, I created a vision board with them. And I said, what life do you want? What do you want? What do you want? So I gave, I put it all out there, all the different options of you can stay, you can come couch surfing with me. We can try to ask one of the family members to see if they'll take us in. Um, I'll disappear out of the state. <laughs> like, you know, like just, just putting it out there, out there, like which ones you want to buy into guys, what they, what my oldest and my youngest agreed to was they said that they want to stay with mom because they're tired of moving around and they just want to have the friends. Yeah. So that, and that's it. So I gave that to them, man. I was like, you, that's what you want. You got it. I'm a deadbeat. I abandoned the kids. I neglected them. That's the story that's going around. So, it's you know, easy story to throw around though too. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, they're, sure. they're, it's it's not to say that there isn't some levels of self neglect or self abandonment that happens when you're going through this bull, right? But to sit there and and weaponize my love for my children, knowing that I have loved and wanted children since I was 13. Come on, like you're gaslighting the wrong dude. <laughs> like you know, yeah. it's one thing. It's one thing that if I was a true piece of crap. And I didn't want nothing to do with my kids. And now it's just one of those guys, right? We all, we've all hear about them. But what about the people that do want to show up, that actually love kids, right? And that's yes. what gets me. That's what gets me is that this, this state or a bunch of different states are literally weaponizing families against each other. And the, it's, that's how they're getting their money, I think. That's it. You know, um, that's the way that I can see it because it just seems like, you know, one of my other buddies is going through the same crap. If it, 
I'll be real with you, and this is not always a stereotype. This not this isn't going to be true for all cases, right? But I'm sorry, but women definitely dominate the legal system. You know, that's why a lot of men are incarcerated or getting high suicide rates. You know, well, Wisconsin. <laughs> like my my buddy, if he did what my what what his um the mother of his kids were doing, he would have been put in jail within a month. But when it's this woman and it's a trial and, and judges full of women, it seems that there's continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance after continuance. And it just keeps going, just keeps going, just keeps going. But we're sitting here saying swift justice. What about all the taxpayer money? What about the kid that has to go through the legal system and stuff and has a guardian ad litem that they had? They, they could have had it resolved in a month, but now it's a year. Right? Like, why drag this shit out? So, like, like, that's what kills me, man. Like, more than anything, about that kills me more than my separation with the kids. Honestly, like, now I've gotten to the sp- space where I'm okay. Not a fair like, justice system. it's just not a fair justice system. That's it. It's yeah. not just males, obviously. It's, it's parents. This is parents. Kids, mainly kids. So. Yep. You know, I'm very convinced that a lot of the welfare system is very much in, involved in child trafficking um, <laughs> in some sort of levels and degrees and varying, in varying ways. Obviously, you can't prove it, but it's just, I don't know, man. Like, there's just a lot of things about that. And all I know is I'm trying, like, because of all this, this has served a huge mission for me to want to dedicate a career change out of it to as a mission to serve in in sort of ways however i can in this way to like say hey there's people out there that go through this um it's not just women men go through it too right so there's that illusion that i wanted to spell or the fact that oh it can't happen to you think again i thought the same thing (laughs) you know um or hey, you know, it's the stuff that you see on TV that looks super entertaining until all of a sudden now it's one of your friends, right? And then now all of a sudden that, you know, they could, they could have talked to you about that, but because of their shit that they're going through, they felt like that they couldn't. And they were maybe your next door neighbor, you know? Like, it's just the stuff that we harbor that we can't really reveal. We're not supposed to. And then when we do, we're criminalized for it. And that's... That sucks, man. Like it's like it, that, that vulnerability like that is getting criminalized, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. I mean, another reason really wanted to bring you on is because JJ has a very similar story with a few minor differences, but just, yeah, I would almost call major differences at that point because, um, mine was more or less my decision. And, I mean, it was to a degree. I was at my limits. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole, the whole I almost took my life. Is, That's how, how, how much my limit was. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't reach that limit. Yeah. I didn't reach that point. But the idea here is I went through a guardian and litem at first. We tried doing mediation. Guardian and litem had to be assigned. Um, because we just couldn't come to terms, right? I, you know, through the state of Wisconsin, I was, we both had to go through a course for co-parenting. Um, and I mean, thing is too, she went, she wanted child support, right? But they need to know who the father was. 
So I had to go through a DNA test, went through a DNA test. Then after that, since she wanted money from the government, they had to get money from the father, therefore the child support, blah, blah, blah. Well, I don't have a problem with that, right? Truthfully, at, at this point, with the whole idea of wanting to know that I wanted to be a father or a parent, mm-hmm. I, I knew that I wanted to. It's just I didn't know when. It's kind of like one of those yeah. high school things maybe where it's like, okay, yeah, all my friends are telling me, hey, I'd be a great dad. I don't know where they got the idea. Um, <laughs> I was I hearing the same thing, job? though. Yeah. <laughs> am I doing a good job? I mean, hopefully my kids will tell me eventually when they get older and be like, hey, thank you for your service, essentially. Um, <laughs> but w- with my... I think you're doing own. great from what I can see. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just afraid that I'll be too loud and wake her up. Um, but what I would love to love to do is really my 10 year old, my firstborn, because my wife and I, we had before we met, we actually had one child to ourselves each, each. So oh, okay. we're, we're a blended family in a sense there. Um, she's got the 11 year old who's in wrestling. I've got my 10 year old who I don't know how he's doing anymore. Um, and this is a this is a major difference here. Like you've reached out to your kids, right? Try to. I, uh, yeah, you try to. I have not. But this is my this is my defending point here for that. I know his family, like his mom side. They wouldn't let anything happen, like. They would basically be like, no, even if I tried to reach out, basically nothing. Even though they've claimed that, yeah, we'll let you talk to him if you want to call him or whatever, blah, blah, blah. At some point, they would then in turn flip it around or try to twist it around. Yeah. To be, that is, that is how bad it can be. Yep. Um, yeah. No, same. That's, yep. I understand. Yeah. So it's twisting it around. I still love him. I do miss him dearly. It was just, covid made it very difficult um with because we would do an exchange uh, it was like a two we had a schedule of two two three okay so with our two two three schedule that basically you know was never supposed to be put on hold through covid through through federal whatever it said basically if you do like a an exchange or co-parenting or split uh, placement uh that would that should be continuing I didn't know that. So we basically put that on halt for three months while we were in lockdown. Come June, everything changed. It's like, okay, well, I want to see him again. I was basically saying, I will take your ass to court so I can get that reestablished. We dropped that because she basically agreed to it after a while, after knowing the threat was real. Um, Now, it's funny because that was like the first time I was threatening to take her to court. Whereas most of the time it wasn't her threatening. It was mostly like she was always taking me to court complaining how expensive it is because she wasn't getting her way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, to me again, it's just amusing. Cause it's like, she would always complain about doing it or being like, Oh, it's so expensive. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, then why do it? But she would say it's because you don't follow the rules. Like she would like, she doesn't even like the idea of vacation, like taking a family vacation. She'd rather have seen that abolished because when we went through our guardian ad litem and mediation, 
mm-hmm. I wanted to do basically a week long, like seven days, kind of, so to speak, of family vacation. Okay. It's your annual thing. It's an annual thing. Yeah. She didn't like it because there. this is my thought, is there was no money involved, like on her side. Like she didn't have enough money to take necessarily like a vacation or away from home. And it's mm. like you can still you can still take your vacation. You get the same amount of time as the other the other parent. And if you do a staycation, fine. It doesn't have to be like, oh, just because his father takes him on or down to Disney World or whatever for a week doesn't mean you can't just keep him for a week and do whatever you want at home. You get him for the same period of time. It's just I yeah. think that's where she that's why she didn't like it because it's being gone from her. Um, it was also pretty bad, too, because she thought that in order for me to take him out of the state, she she had to provide approval. Because I had done that one time one year when he was about two or three ish at that time. Yeah, my my family had gone down or gone over to the Carolinas to the Outer Banks and oh. I had taken him. We got like a text message from our neighbor saying, hey, by the way, the cops are at your house. She had called the cops to get her son back because she did not agree of me taking him out of the state. Well, guess what? You don't get a say in that. Right. You don't have to you don't have to approve me taking him out of the state. You have to be in alignment for me to take him out of the country. Right. We have to both have, since we're both on, well, I'm not necessarily on his birth certificate at all, but since I was DNA tested and established as the father, we both have a say because I had, we had joint custody. Okay. And split placement, 50-50 placement, basically. Um, So I don't know necessarily with, because this is in Wisconsin, so they do custody as the power decision or the power to make decisions. I don't know if that's different in Illinois or anything. That sounds about right, though. Yeah. So I definitely don't have any power. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is. You know, it is what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. We had joint custody. So we had the choice. But essentially, if we if I wanted to take him out of the country, like take him over to Europe or something like that, she would have to help or help me get his passport. Yeah. She'd have to sign off on it. She'd have to sign off on it. If she if she did not, I couldn't do it. At that point, I would be kidnapping. Yeah, so because Natalie just did that with Antonio, where he went down to Mexico with his father's family, and she had to literally be there when he got his passport to sign off mm-hmm. on it. What? Yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter how old your kid is. Well, correction: if they're eighteen, they're an adult, so they can probably go get their own passport at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if Obviously. anything before that, or maybe maybe it's also state dependent. I don't know. You, but. Hmm. I mean, when you get when you get something like that and you plan on traveling internationally, you have to get both parents consent if both if both parents have power. For example, you know, maybe maybe I'm stepping out of my out of my boundary and speaking wrong. But maybe if the mom only has sole custody, essentially, she doesn't need to go get dad's approval or if dad has sole custody, because I know there's points where that happens because there's, you know, incompetency factor. Right. Um, which at one point I tried to play where she made her tried to find out if she was unfit. Um, because there, I had a concern of like him being in school and being yeah. able to do like learn well. 
Um, and it won't, you know, maybe there was also some sort of mental instability along the play where it's like, okay, she, but they, you know, they did some tests or like had a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, talk with her. And the findings came out that there was no f- significant finding of her being incompetent and unable to raise, raise our child. Um, so back to the whole COVID thing, right? Summer rolls around. COVID's lifted the restriction or the, uh, no stay in their house or whatever the home stay at home ban has been lifted. Um, started seeing them again. And at this time, uh, you know, things are going well, blah, blah, school starts up again. Um, so still going well. Let's fast forward a few months, uh, October, November here that we're nearing now. Um, she finds bug bites on his leg. Okay. She accuses me and my household that it's coming from our house, that he's getting the bug bites and that they're bed bugs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Funny. I have three other children in my house at this time. None of which are showing bug bites. Two of them at this time slept in the same room. Yeah. So if there were bed bugs, they could have possibly migrated to the other mattress and done the same thing. And then the, you know, you know, I had the house inspected and we all kind of like to sit on the same couch at the time. So it's like, all right, well, there's no bed bugs on the couch. couch. Yep. And I would have them. My wife would have had them. Yep. My other kids would have had them. Yeah. Nothing. They didn't like the fact that I didn't prove or provide them with a receipt of pr- that I had an inspector come out. And at that point, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. They were, they almost said, nope, take care of it. Until then, he's staying with us. That broke the straw on the camel's back for me. That was where I reached my limit. On top of that, because there's some other things as well that I haven't shared, but I'm sharing here now as well. Um, he is being torn between parents, the lifestyle that he lives. He's an only child at his mom's place. He's got siblings here. His mom controls the way he thinks by yeah. saying, and I think I've said this to you a couple times, Jared too, or said this on the podcast, maybe uh, in past episodes, his mom told him he does not have to listen to my wife. She does not get to tell him what to do. He's also been told that she is not his stepmom and will never be his stepmom. How does that work? It's a mentality thing. Yeah. It is certainly a mentality thing. So it's like, well, one person says it and then it spreads on and it's a negative thought. Um, Yeah. It's very, you know, so it's like, it's not necessarily how that works, but okay. Uh, They basically didn't approve and long Another story for that one is the fact that I had brought my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, to one of our exchanges, and my son's mother was in tears when she saw her in the in the passenger seat of the car. And they were telling me I had to, to ask them if it was okay to bring her along. It's like, no, I don't have to do anything like that. We were hanging out, and um, I'm bringing her because she was with me, and 
we're in the same vehicle. <laughs> she didn't have her own right. vehicle to go to at the time. Yeah. So it's like, I don't have to ask. I don't have to get your permission to bring my girlfriend to an exchange. Because for the longest time before when I first was in the picture, there was the requirement from her being concerned about me being a first time dad and uh, whatever. Cause I was in college when I found out that I was the father um, they wanted, they said I had to have a parent with me at all times to establish some grounds and being okay with it. It's like, okay, fine. So I had to have a, at the exchanges, I had to have one of my parents with me. And then I had to have basically a parent with me at all times. Which is a little ridiculous, but at the same time, it's one of those concerns that she had, and then the courts kind of abided by it. So, Wisconsin, I mean, don't get me wrong, great state, a little towards the feminine side of things. Hmm. Um, They do tend to rule in in favor of the moms more so about other things. So, trying to get her to get get full custody from her was a pain um, as such. (laughs) But, you know, that's all under the rug. If you want to, you know, for those listeners, if you want to call me a deadbeat, like Sean has mentioned that he's been labeled as a deadbeat because of his children's mom uh, or yeah. the way she spreads it. Well, it's not even just that. In the state of Illinois, if you owe, I think, over what? I don't know if it's still true, but if you owe over $7,000, they they put your picture online on a website and say that you're a deadbeat oh, dad. God. Really? Seriously? Yeah. That's an extreme measure. Yeah. That's a bit much. That's character assassination. Yeah. That's character profiling right there. Yeah. Yep. So I don't I don't owe seven thousand dollars in support or anything. Yeah. But... And and if you owe more than three months in support, they start to threaten you to take away your driver's license. Yeah, because having well, how a, do you want me to work? Car, it, child support. Thank you. Yeah. And this is this is all before COVID too, by the way. Where now everybody's like, "Oh, remote work, yay!" But then they have all these other businesses. It's like, no, 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 remote work. We need them back in the office. This is what I'm saying. They're 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 kill. They know what they're doing. They're killing people. Yeah. So. That's that's pretty bad though. I don't I don't. Yeah. If I ever saw that in Wisconsin. Yeah. We definitely know that our state governments or even federal government is just got something up their butts have to double check that but when i this was when i checked last year that was that was a thing so wow yeah well i will have to check state of wisconsin and see if they do anything like that because you know like you said character assassination that's never a good thing either Uh, i'm happy to be wrong (laughs) so i would like to be wrong on that actually like (laughs) i I would like to be wrong too yeah but yeah i know we took up a lot a lot there. So, Jared, do you have any other questions here as we're kind of going over time here? No, I, I really don't. Uh, I guess if if I had, you know, what are your hopes for the future? I mean, what, what can you imagine, both of you? Uh, do you imagine uh, a future with your kids? Uh, Justin, I mean, maybe even uh, dropping a line maybe after he's an adult or 15, 16. What are you, yeah, what are so... your future plans? Yeah, one of the things is I, as bad as it sounds that I'm not reaching out now, but it's me understanding my situation. And guys, I want you to understand the situation. It's it's going to be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want to reach out. It's I just know how the response would go. 
because as of right now, I know he doesn't have his own phone. And if he does, well, I don't have his number. So it makes it very difficult to reach out. Yep. Um, everything would have to go through his mom or his grandma. That's why I ran into that, as well. Yeah. So his, his family, like his mom's side of the family is very tight where they do everything together. Or they have, you know, if one person doesn't answer, you know, try to reach out to the other person and it just kind of goes in one ear and goes to another person eventually. Yeah. Um, makes it very difficult to have any kind of private communication at that point. Um, mm. But to me, I would be very open to if he ever wanted to reach out, um, I would not turn him away because I would love to have him back in my life. I would love him to have him back in his brother's lives. I would love for him to meet his sister that he doesn't know about. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I would. And I mean, I know my, my other sons would love to have him back in their life as well. Like I've had it in the past where my eldest son or my stepson has bald because he's missed his brother. Hmm. He's kept it to himself. But my hope for the future here is when my son gets old enough and is ready to reach out, I know that's putting responsibility on him. But at the same time, that shows me that he's better than myself. Which means at some point, what did I do right? Maybe I didn't do anything. Maybe it's it's just a spark. It's a little spark of hope that he is ready to talk and learn like listen to my side of the story listen to why i did it because really i broke communication i stopped doing exchanges because i was tired of him being torn apart from two different mindsets i want that that to me creates instability yeah yep when you're being told one thing from one household and doing something else in another household yeah so that's John. my hope is that eventually when he's older, ready to listen to my side of the story, we can have that conversation, be, be open, be truthful. Even if he resents me for it, as long as he wants to listen. Yeah. I'm not going to force it because to Sean's point here, forcing it is going to push them away or it can push them away. Yeah. yeah. If it's not what they want. Yeah. I'm on the same boat as that. So that for me, I write, like I said, I write every day. So for me, I try to imagine a future where I'm, that's happening. Like it's that sort of a law of abundance or attraction thing that a lot of people are on right now, where you try to attract that frequency as if you're living it now. Sometimes it feels like it's it feels like gaslighting, honestly, that you're just doing it to yourself. It's like my kids aren't here, right? <laughs> but but at the same time, it's like it's that's that's partly the fuel that keeps me going a little bit too to say you know what yeah this you know i want that i yearn that i want the universe to recognize that maybe it can make it happen because it's worked so many other miracles in my life why not right or you know i've watched it work through other people's lives that had it worse and they turned around and that gives me even more hope stories of inspiration you know um that i look towards to when I'm feeling low in this self or I'm, I, I fall out of that unconsciousness or um, that unremembering for maybe a temporary moment. And then all of a sudden it comes back and I'm like, ah, there it is. I'm uh, now, thank you for snapping out of my grief, you know, or 
that's why I was saying earlier, you know, just giving myself the permission to feel joy through that separation and grief. Right. Because, because that was for me, the hardest part is that, you know, I went from 11 years to being wanting to be by my kid's side every day, every day. Cause that was the life for me, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're just ripped from that. And then you're trying to work through that. And then now all of a sudden the kids don't want you around when you know that you were the person to be there almost every single day to raise them. Yeah. And the other person was almost all the time absent, didn't give a crap about them. And then now all of a sudden is credit gets all the credit and stuff like that. And I'm, I'm the one that's getting all the punishment for this. Um, and so I don't mean, I don't mind taking some punishment because of the things that I've done. Let's be real. But I went through enough work and therapy that more than a lot of other people that, you know, I didn't deserve a lot of this. I shouldn't have to go through this. The kids don't deserve this. A lot of this is so unnecessary. And I would love, love for them to say, like, like JJ said, like, it's up to them. The ball is in their court now because my therapist has told me, you've done everything you possibly can to the best of your ability. What more can you do? it's up to them now they have to yeah. they have to move and so i can't force them to move i don't want to be the guy to manipulate them and add salt to water to get them to drink it right i don't want to do that so nope. that's not parenting yet. like <laughs> so for me like I, I i'm trying to do the best i can to say okay i need to mind my boundaries i need to mind theirs i still need to have an identity outside of father right and remember that too that i was a lot of other things before i was dad that i can still step back into whether and i can it's okay for me to enjoy that so that's what i want i want them to be able to come back and and recognize they also too have a whole side of family that is waiting for them you know saying hey we're asking about you we love you what's going on they ask me about the kids and, and it, it breaks my heart that i have to say i couldn't tell you i don't know i couldn't tell you I just wish them well. It yep. it breaks my heart, but that's all I can do. That's all I can do. So, you know, um, I I got to the point at some point in my mental health where I can't keep shaming myself for things I didn't know before. And now that I know better, that's all I can do is just try to stay attuned to that or stay aligned with that. Or connect with people like you guys who who've been through the shit, right? And know exactly what we're talking about. And I see you guys nodding your head, like, yeah, yeah, this guy, this motherfucker is right on something, you know? Like, you know, you're, so, you're right on track. Yeah, we have, sim we have somewhat similar uh, yeah. views on that. So, so I think that you know, as more people speak up, that's what I love to see is that this is what heals people. This is what actually allows people to step to. Hey, there's some stepping stones to healing. There's a bridge that I can reach to, you know, I'm not alone in this. Oh, there's a lot of dads out there that do feel this way, that want kids at 13. <laughs> We're the good man at, like, you know, right? Like, you, yeah. we, hear, we hear that all the time. So it's like, there's plenty. Open your eyes, you know, yeah. just, um, it breaks my heart. So, you know, it's like. Yeah, I, I can go into a whole nother session about that. But yeah, what I'm looking forward to is being reunited with my children. Absolutely. Like for, for the longest time, they, they're they're the whole reason why I'm still here. Like, 
honestly, like they give me so much purpose. They're a part of my purpose. So um, they are, uh, that's exactly how I feel too. My kids are a part of my purpose. I yeah. want to, I think I, I, I know I've said this multiple times. I, as much as you say, you know, live for yourself, keep your identity uh, besides being a father. Cause you were, you had a different identity before being a dad. Yeah. I also still live to know that my kids are going to grow up better than myself. That's how I always look at it. It's yeah. Like, I want to make sure my kids, even though like I can, I come from more of a, Oh, I won't say it, like a better lifestyle. I still had some, my parents still had some wealth. Um, so I lived good. Um, now the roles might be slightly reversed where my wife makes more of the money, uh, which isn't a problem. Uh, but at the same time, we may not always, you know, compared to what I l- grew up with, don't have the same luxury. Yeah. Um, so I live in my own shadow, essentially, uh, live in a shadow that I grew up with, which is, which is kind of shaming myself. Uh, but I still want, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. My kids don't have to grow up in the, you know, the way I grew up just to have a better life than myself. Cause I think sometimes when you live out, you know, live with some less, um, things or material, you do tend to maybe grow up a little better. Yeah. Different set of standards and values for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I think that's where, I think that's what makes a difference. Not saying my standards and values are by any means different. It's just, can I pass those along? Uh, and then help them better those standards and values for when they get older. And if they choose to have kids. It kind of reminds me of Eminem a little bit, you know, like for the longest time when he became famous, there was a a couple of interviews where people were asking him like, what about his clothing and his fashion? And for the longest time, he even said like, he would have to ask, he would ask for permission. Can I get this? He had the money, but it's just, it's just that mindset that you grow up with. Like if you're poverty in Detroit and stuff like that, and you're not used to that, all of a sudden it hits you. Right. Yep. You're like, like I can get this. D- yeah. That that self worth. Do I deserve this? Right. Like, yeah. you know, your your value is just there, and then now and then now now look at him. Right. Like so. Like right. I th- I think that's we all can get to that. I somebody once told me, and it was a beautiful quote. I'm no longer associated to this person, unfortunately, but they said like. Not, there's not one person on the planet that doesn't fail and, and succeed in the way that their that their parents didn't, and I was like, yeah, actually, yeah, right. Like, that's for all of us, and that's going to be for my for my children too. I like, I want them to be better than what I grew up with too, because I knew that that's the drive that I had for what I came from. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you're like, I think that's just a natural path of progression, almost sometimes in that sort of uh mode of life i think it's not for everybody but i I, i'm with you that not everybody has to go through struggle love to find love like that um so that's what i try to remind the kids like you know it's okay to be the tough guy that's where my kids are at now they're they're really strong and independent right now but there's going to be a point where they're going to find out that being strong all the time is really exhausting And, and, and women even experiences too right and they that's why they want a strong man sometimes so they can feel safe and vulnerable a lot and i found out anyway but i know for me i hope that the kids 
you know, as much as that they want to grow up and be strong in wrestling and fighting and looking at weaknesses and people and things like that right now, I hope that that by the time that they're 16, 17, a lot of that turns around maybe because I, you know, there's some parents out there that already tell me that that's about the time that they turned around to really start asking more questions to seek truth. Um, and so when I hear those set of stories, that's what I'm trying to hope for too. Like, that'd be great. You know, only a couple more years, you know, that, that's, I can do this. Right. <laughs> like, um, but it's crazy to me too. It also breaks my heart too. When I see parents that, that are like, oh, I can't wait for my kid to get out at 18. I'm like, still your kid after 18, <laughs> like, like, like you know, but it's, it, it is, it is what it is. Like, for me, it's it's a hard world out there. I don't mind if like people, when they get older, if they have the pro- problem in their life where life hits them, and they need a place to stay. I'm 50s and they're 30s and they just got hit with the shit. Right? I'm not gonna be the guy that says, "Oh, sorry, that shit ended when you were 18." <laughs> like, I can't do that. Like, that's. I'm not gonna stop being your parent just because you turned 18. Yeah. So I yeah, I. Be, I will forever be your father. Yeah. Yeah, whether you choose to like that or accept it or not, yeah, that's. Yep. I love you. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but thank you, thank you so much for the space. No, I I appreciate you coming on, Jared. I know Jared and I both appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to have you again because I know I think there's some other questions we'd love to talk about as well. Um, okay. And explore. So we will definitely communicate that as well here uh, in the future. But uh, again, guys, this is. Uh, Leash Dads, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Apple Podcast. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Leash Dads. Uh, or if you want, uh, you can email us as well, leashdads14 at gmail.com. Uh, we do have, there will be a question and poll out there as well on Spotify. So if you want to participate in that, uh, we'd be more than happy to get that in there as well. But again, this is uh, Leash Dads Podcast. Thank you very much, guys. And Enjoy this emotional episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me again. Cute babies. (laughs) Thank you.